All you need to know about the Colts in one place. The Colts Daily Update starts now. From the Power Home Solar Radio Studio, here's the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Welcome into the Colts Daily Update tonight. A look at the Colts and the Jets tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football. We're leading you into Pacer pregame tonight as the Blue and Gold host the Knicks at the Fieldhouse. I'm Matt Taylor tonight with J.J. Stangovitz from Colts.com as the Colts get ready for their first home primetime game since 2017. And tomorrow's game is brought to you by Lucas Oil, the official oil products of your Indianapolis Colts. Lucas Oil, it works. J.J., what's going on, sir? So this is the first time since 2017 you said, Maytay. Yes. Only seven current Colts players yes. played in that last game in 2017. Isn't that crazy? Seven of them. Seven of them. I saw that last night on uh, your daily notebook. I was blown away uh, just in terms of roster turnover in the last four years, but it's been that long. What was it? Eight straight road games eight for the Colts in primetime? Yep. Yeah, eight consecutive road primetime games. That's just like Darius Leonard said this week. It's going to be good to like be able to go home and go to sleep after this game <laughs> instead of getting on a plane right. and flying back from you know Santa Clara or Baltimore or wherever it is and getting back to your home at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, maybe even 7 o'clock if you're coming from the West Coast. So that's just kind of a, you know, beyond Indianapolis getting showcased to the nation, it's just good for these players to be able to go home and sleep. Yeah, especially when they have a miniature bye following this game. Ten days to kind of rest up and get ready for the stretch run with eight games remaining after Thursday night. And, of course, J.J., the Colts are coming off a very emotionally tough loss to the Titans last week. We all knew what that game meant. Now the Colts are essentially four games back of Tennessee with nine games to play in the AFC South. Uh, With that said, what is the atmosphere of the team heading into a short week against a team on paper in the Jets that they should match up well against? I, I think it, you know, initially was still some lingering frustration from that loss to the Titans. But, I mean, look, in this week, a short week when you're playing on Thursday, there's no time to waste thinking about what happened. You only have to focus on what's ahead. You know, Jonathan Taylor said this week that you have to manage your time so well on Thursday night football. Every hour you are awake, you have to be productive. And that might be resting. That might be, you know, watching film. That might be training. That might be practicing. Yeah. You got to be, be thinking about whatever this it is. game, right? Right, exactly. You you can't think about, oh man, if we just did that against the Titans, or we did this, and I did that. That all gets flushed away. I mean, Frank Reich literally went straight from Lucas Oil Stadium to 56th Street to watch the film of the game on Sunday. So Monday morning, he could wake up, flush it. Let's move on to the Jets. That is the the challenge of a short week. Every team deals with it. The Jets are dealing with the exact same thing, although they have to flush a very big win over the Cincinnati Bengals and not let that impact them uh, in this game on Thursday night. So definitely a challenge. But I I do think in a sense, Matt, the short week helps the Colts out here because there's there's less time to let that loss stew. I mean, that was a tough loss. Like you said, it puts them in a tough position in the AFC South. But you got to move forward, and you only have three, four days. When I figured it out, Matt, when that game ended against the Titans on Sunday, the Colts had 100 hours from that point until kickoff. Wow. Yeah, that definitely puts it in perspective. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Thursday night football, man, it's just uh, it, it's a grind. It really is. It's good for the fans. It gives us another day to watch ball. But for the players and the coaches, it really is a challenge. And speaking of challenges, you know, the Colts have had a hard time uh, with the challenge of closing out games, right? They've held – 
uh, at least 14-point lead in two of the last couple of games. A 19-point lead they let slip away in the second half against Baltimore. They were up early against Tennessee on Sunday, 14 to nothing. As we know, this season the Colts are 0-4 against teams that have a 500 or better record. J.J., where are the Colts lacking when it comes to closing teams out? What's the next step in finding that killer instinct that Carson Wentz talked about the last couple of weeks? You know, I think the Colts have shown an ability to have that at points this year. I mean, you know, let's not forget the Colts had that killer instinct against the 49ers when Carson Wentz hit Michael Pittman for that touchdown that put him up by two scores and effectively won the game. So they, they have it in them. It's just finding the, the moments to get that out and not making mistakes late in games. Right. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of it, may if, if you look at it, Matt, some of it may just be not making those mistakes. I mean, against Baltimore, missing a field goal that would have won you the game. Against the Titans, throwing an intercept, you get into pick six where you were going down to win the game. Instead, now you have to go down and tie the game. Or then Carson went through in the interception in overtime. This team can make the plays. That that we know, that they've proven. It's just that they, they've got to cut down on those mistakes late in those games. That's where the, those critical moments show mm-hmm. up. And the teams that make the teams that make the most plays usually win, but the teams that make the most mistakes will always lose. Sure, there's no doubt about that. And after the game, by the way, JJ Stankovitz right there. I'm Matt Taylor. This is the Colts Daily Update tonight on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan, both Frank Reich and Carson Wentz, they've been pretty hard on themselves this week after what happened in crunch time against the Titans on Sunday. As you said, those interceptions in the fourth quarter and in overtime. How do you expect both men to rebound on Thursday night? And do you think that that self-criticism that both guys have laid upon themselves, do you think that was warranted to the degree that they're holding themselves to, if that makes sense? Well, I mean, the you know Frank Reich's criticism of his play call on the pick six, where he called for a tight end screen, they had it covered up, Wentz didn't have anywhere to throw the ball down, uh, wound up taking the interception. Um, you know, his criticism of that was pretty harsh on himself. And... I think, you know, it's ultimately, though, and Bill Brooks and I talked about this on our Instant Reaction postgame podcast on the Colts Audio Network, that you like that from your coach, though, where the coach stands up there and says, hey, put that on me. That that resonates because he's all he's saying these things to players. Right. But for him to come out publicly and say that was my fault, that was a bad play call, that then changes some of the narrative that's out there. Um, and it, you know, when a coach makes a mistake, you certainly want him to be accountable for it. Um, the thing that struck me, Matt, with, with Frank just being so open and honest and candid about where he thought he he could have done better. Not a lot of coaches do that. I mean, that, that is not something you hear from coaches very often. And for Frank Reich to do it, I think that resonates well within this building, um, you know, to say, hey, th- this was on everyone, and here's some specific examples from me. Instead of just saying, we got to coach better. You know, he said, I need to do this better. I think that that resonates. As it relates to Carson Wentz, um, you know, he was pretty hard on himself for not taking the check down on that second interception. Where if you go back and you look at the film, Jonathan Taylor was open over the middle. Um, you know, Wentz didn't get there in his progression, and you could tell that that still kind of ate at him a little bit on Monday. But part of, you know, part of moving on from your mistakes is owning them. And 
both Frank Reich and Carson Wentz have owned their mistakes publicly and certainly privately within the confines of this building. That should help them move on from those mistakes. J.J. Stangovitz right there. I'm Matt Taylor. You're listening to the Colts Daily Update tonight here on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan before the Pacers take on the Knicks. The Colts are on primetime tomorrow night. And as you said, uh, very, very spot on this week, J.J., primetime players make plays on primetime, as you pointed out this week when talking about Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. Taylor this season has 160 rushing yards and 119 receiving yards in two primetime games. Pittman has 10 catches for 194 yards and two touchdowns. This is just another chance for the country to see Pittman and Taylor continue their biggest sins in year number two. Yeah, I mean, the you know, those two guys, Matt, um, they psyched themselves up before games by kind of yelling back at each other like primetime players make primetime plays. And like you just said there with those stats, that's exactly what both Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman have done this year. Um you know, th- th- these are games I, – I always think about primetime games. as like this is where guys make the Pro Bowl because everyone's watching around the country, yeah. and fair or not – That's how it works. These are games where – right, that's how it works. You know, you go and you make a couple plays in primetime, people are going to say, wow, what a season he's having. Let me look into that and see that Jonathan Taylor is – you know, might wind up as the most productive running back in the NFL this year now that Derrick Henry is hurt for a significant amount of time. You know, Michael Pittman Jr., Oh wow, he's on pace for 1200 1300 yards this year. We got to pay attention to him. Like the, the this is these are games and the Colts have had two of them already where these those two guys have made plays. Games like this when we look back, they're not going to be why Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman are great. But around the league, people will take notice of this and and this could lead those two guys to get in pro bowl bids this year. All right, lastly JJ, we got about 30 seconds left. What are you looking out for tomorrow night and what are you writing about on colts.com leading into the game? So the Colts lead the NFL still. They're tied with the Buffalo Bills in takeaways. They've got 18 this year. Yep. And you know, Mike White coming off a great game against the Bengals, but that was a game where the Bengals did a lot of rushing for playing a too high shell. Mike White just took the checkdowns. He was patient. He played a great game. This is not me diminishing that at all because it is not easy to be that patient in the NFL these days. I'm interested if the Colts can get after Mike White a little bit, maybe get him under some pressure and get him to force some throws down the field that could then lead to some more of those turnovers. The Colts have been awfully good at it this year. That's going to be something I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on on Thursday. All right, nicely done. J.J. Stangovitz from Colts.com. J.J., thanks for the time, as always, leading into the game. We're up against it. we got to run. I'm Matt Taylor. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Colts pregame huddle with J.J. and the gang down in Touchdown Town starting around 5.30. And then the Colts and the Jets kick it off at 8.20, 93.5 and 107.5. The fan Pacers and Knicks next on these airwaves. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Colts football in primetime against the Jets. Good night, everybody.